When something happens to your car, you might say, But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Yes, hello and welcome to another episode of Life as a Gringo. I am Drombos, of course. Now, uh, before we get into today's topic, uh, I just want to say I hope y'all had a great weekend. Uh, I know last episode... I left off telling you that I was going to go to a flotation center where they do like uh, those like water tanks and you float in the water with like the salt and all that kind of stuff. And it's like for for meditation and uh, it's like a a Zen spa experience in like one of these flotation tanks. Um, So for anybody who's following along at home that actually uh, gives this shit, I did go and do that. It's been on my bucket list for a minute. I got to say. Not all it's cracked up to be. Uh, I really just was laying there in the water. I mean, it was cool, but I ended up falling asleep. I didn't like have this sort of like, um, man, like if anybody's seen that the show Dave, uh, the last episode, they put him into one of those tanks and he has like this whole experience of like, uh, you know, seeing his his whole life and all the mistakes he's made and all these things. So I was hoping to have a bit more of a spiritual experience than I actually did. But needless to say, it was relaxing. I might try a couple more times to see if maybe, you know, as I get used to it, uh, I begin to have uh, a more spiritual connection to it. I know that it's supposed to recreate like the closest thing to you being back in the womb um, is what I heard as weird as that sounds. But yeah, it wasn't anything too crazy for me. Maybe you all have had a better experience if you tried this kind of stuff before, but definitely challenging myself to try some different things and and uh, do some stuff that's been on my bucket list. And that has been one of them. Now, with that said, after that update, let's uh, let's talk about what we are going to be getting into on today's show. Now, I thought because the holiday season is coming up quickly, I mean, Thanksgiving is, is shit just next week at this point, which is absolutely crazy. I wanted to do something related to that. Uh, next week, I will be doing a, an episode all about indigenous people. Um, obviously, Thanksgiving has a very 
weird connotation to it. Uh, but, you know, personally, we I do celebrate it with my family, but it's not necessarily about, you know, um, the pilgrims and the Native Americans. It's really just a time to get together and, and break bread together and spend that, that quality time with one another. Um, but with that said, I know for some people out there, a lot of people, I should say, it's not necessarily a time of peace, especially when it comes to getting together with your family, depending on what your relationship is with your family. It can be a bit trying, especially if you are coming from a bit of a toxic environment. And judging by some of the responses that I got from my Ask a Gringo question, a lot of y'all are dealing with this. So I wanted to kind of just do a a little episode kind of talking about, you know, ways to deal with your toxic family during the holidays and and break down some tips like that. I also think it kind of lends itself to uh, how we speak to people who we disagree with. I think we're living in a world right now that is very, very much, man, uh, separated, I guess you could say, especially when it comes to politics and a lot of these social issues that we're seeing. And uh, I've been guilty of just kind of writing people off, you know, and as crazy, especially when you talk about some of these conspiracy theorists and things like that. So I want to find a healthy way to approach this and find a way to to actually be able to communicate with people rather than just kind of, you know, chalking it all up to them being racist and or crazy. Uh, so we'll talk about a bunch of that kind of stuff. I kind of feel like one leads itself into the other. Of course, we have our Ask a Gringo segment, like I mentioned. But without further ado, let's first get into our deep dive on this topic, as we always do in a segment we call for the people in the back. Say a lot for the people in the back. All right, y'all. So, you know, I like to get the experts uh, on the topic, usually for this section. And uh, this one I actually pulled from neuroinstincts.com. It is a piece written by Dr. Rhonda Friedman, who is a clinical neuropsychologist. And this uh, this article is five tips for dealing with toxic family during the holidays. And and as a preface uh, to this to these tips, um, Dr. Freeman says, uh, for many, the holidays will bring exposure to family members that are personality disordered. And although that is tough for anyone to handle, it is even more difficult for the empath or person filled with integrity, morals and kindness. And I'm not going to front y'all. I Googled what does it mean to be personality disordered? And what popped up was a personality disorder can develop if certain personality traits become too rigid and inflexible. People with personality disorders have long standing patterns of thinking and acting that differ from what society considers usual or normal. Goes on to say people have, um, you know, problems functioning. It causes distress and they deviate from the expectations of the culture, which I guess in some ways doesn't sound all that bad, but I'm assuming. Um, they're talking more so about people who have, you know, uh, things like narcissistic personality disorder, you know, people who are are all about themselves and, and, and things like that. People who have like an inflated sense of their own self-importance, you know, and a, a deep need for excessive attention. Uh, they lack empathy for others. Those are some of the traits of like a personality disorder. That's specifically talking about a narcissistic personality disorder, which I think uh, when you talk about toxic families, that is kind of a common personality trait for a lot of people. Now, let's go into the five self-care tips that uh, Dr. Freeman thinks that you will find helpful. And the first one is check in with your body. How does that person make you feel? If while interacting with them, you notice your breathing becomes shallow, 
your neck, shoulders, posture feels tense. Your mind is hunting for ways to get away from them. It's likely your stress and pain symptoms of the brain are activated. She goes on to say, it goes without saying this is not good for you. Try using a mindfulness tactic. Put your awareness into the here and now. Be an observer of your situation. Use that awareness to take steps necessary to wrap up the conversation with them. You might even have to boil yourself down to be the most boring form of a human possible. And she ends that little uh, tip by saying people who are toxic often feed off our stress, pain, and emotions. If you are interesting or in some kind of discomfort, they become more energized, disengaged if possible. And that's super interesting, actually. And 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 I've never heard it broken down like that, but it makes so much fucking sense. And I can think of certain people in my life who this reminds me of. But basically, like, you know, you ever meet those people that like the more it seems like you're getting mad or they're pushing your buttons, they kind of press a little bit harder. That's essentially what they're kind of what she's describing here when she talks about this personality type, um, this type of person. And essentially, they're trying to get a rise out of you because it, it feeds them at that point. Right. So any type of rise they can get out of you, they're going to want to continue pressing and continue on with that. So your best bet is to um, just keep hitting them with those, you know, man, that's crazy. Oh, yeah. Wow. And as in, I do this all the fucking time. I have people uh, in my extended family who I just don't necessarily fuck with based upon some of their um uh, political ideology their social ideology and i really just will minimize myself entirely uh, until the conversation um, meets its demise or i find some sort of way to escape so i've definitely used this tactic myself the second one she talks about is practice boundaries if they want to bring up negative topics to the group rehash a a disagreement you had or ruin your holiday in some way You don't have to go along with their agenda. Conflict empowers them. At this point, I'm sure you've thought of what your personal boundaries are. This is an excellent time to practice those boundaries. Now, this is incredibly difficult in the moment. Obviously, people are are pushing our buttons. They're doing it on purpose. They know certain things piss us off. They're bringing up a topic they know will piss us off. But at the end of the day, if you engage with them, you go down that rabbit hole, you start arguing you're really just like pleasing them at the end of the day, right? Like that's that's what their intention was, was to get this rise out of you. And the best practice is to not engage them once again, not not allow them to to bring this version out of you, no matter how hard they're pressing for it. The reality is you're at a dinner, you're spending some time with your family, like it's a temporary moment. It's not worth going down this whole rabbit hole of getting into an argument with them. You know, if if somebody is, Speaking out something that is crossing a boundary of yours, you just don't have to engage with that person. You know, find a way to walk away uh, and not be a part of the conversation anymore. Number three is do not educate someone who is personality disordered. Attempting to explain that you understand some of their limitations and want to be helpful will likely create larger problems. And there's, she's specifically talking about pathological narcissist here. Um, basically, you acknowledging anything that is wrong with said person that you're talking to uh at at this family function like if you acknowledge that there's something wrong with them the way that they think the way that they see the world it's likely just going to put them in a defensive mode that ends up continuing to bring out the worst in them it's not even worth recognizing this kind of stuff i guess the, the general thesis i'm picking up here so far is do not fucking engage with these wild people that you have in your family number four is maintain emotional distance You may say, quote, it's a small family gathering. I have no choice but to interact with that person. Dr. Freeman goes on to say, that's fine. You can still protect yourself. Our brain has a way of walling off our vulnerable emotions. 
You can lower and raise this wall. You don't have to be their victim. The mindfulness tactic discussed above is how you get your brain to shift into protective mode with that specific individual. You can say to yourself, he, she is disordered and the horrible things that you say will hold no weight with me. It's an internal form of no contact. Use visual imagery to imagine you have barred the most special parts of yourself from them. But of course, you will continue to give your beautiful energy and love to everyone else. It might sound difficult. However, I've had to do this a number of times at family gatherings. And most importantly, shifting into self-protection with specific people while socializing is great practice. This skill will come in handy when you encounter personality disordered individuals in other areas of your life. And actually, this is something I practice without even realizing I'm practicing it. Especially in the like the the industry I work in the entertainment industry where it feels like whenever you go and meet people, at, like I, I used to go to a lot of these like networking events and things like that, um, you know, pre COVID when we were being super social, and a lot of times I always felt like people were trying to sell me, people were like, uh, you know, always trying to pitch me something or they were trying to size me up, whatever the case was, and I really just had like this internal wall that I put up. And, and listen, sometimes I might be like blocking myself from meeting new people, but at the end of the day. You know, uh, you, you recognize that most people just have some sort of agenda and are looking for some sort of way that they can use you. So for me, I would really just kind of give people the the most superficial version of myself. And I don't mean that in a way of like, um, you know, oh, I'm so great type of thing. I mean that in like, you know, you really just got like a skin deep version of me. I'm allowed you to, I'm gonna let you do most of the talking and, you know, I'm going to give you kind of very basic interaction for myself. We're not going to go much deeper into anything you know and it was a way of me kind of putting a bit of distance between this person obviously not necessarily physically but at least mentally they weren't going to engage me in a conversation that was anything beyond just a quick casual type of thing so you know essentially nothing they say could have any effect on on me and i wasn't giving them uh uh, any part of myself either in, in the midst of our interaction now the last one she says is remember who you are and that you are so darn special (laughs) she goes on to say you do not need the toxic person to give you validation you understand their form of damage to allow access to 100 percent of you will easily land you in a world of pain from them no one tries to cuddle a rattlesnake you will most certainly get bitten it's what snakes do so protect your loving heart you can interact with them however with caution inner self-protection self-awareness and no desire for their approval and that's a big one with family especially as you get older and you start getting them questions of like, so why aren't you married yet? You have any kids soon? What are you doing for work? Like all the, the inevitable shit that ends up coming up where people are beginning to pry into personal aspects of your life with the sole purpose of basically trying to tell you whether or not you're doing life right or wrong, um, judging by your age or, or whatever the case may be. So you have to kind of develop this mindset of of saying, you know, their approval uh, or lack thereof has no effect on my life whatsoever. I'm not here to impress anyone. I know I'm already incredible. I'm out here doing my thing. Um, I'm focusing on what is important to me. So their opinion really should bear no no weight or burden to me. And obviously that's easier said than done. But I can tell you this is definitely something I've had developed as somebody who you know was struggling for so long to find my footing in my career and make a life for myself. And also, I was, you know, single for for a very long time. So I had to deal with it on both ends there. And again, I'm blessed that my family is pretty cool, but I've still heard it from from different people, um, particularly extended family. Um, and, and you just have to find your own comfort in saying, like, yo, like these people know nothing about my life, about what I'm trying to do and trying to accomplish. It bears no burden. I'm just going to let them talk. 
and and say their piece because obviously that means a lot more to them to be able to share their opinion than it does for me to receive it. And that's kind of how you have to look at it. Basically, what she's saying with all this stuff is, you know, go into it with the the mindset of not allowing this environment to rile you up and to kind of keep the necessary people at a very specific distance and understand that their opinion really means nothing to you. And obviously, this is easier said than done. I think we can look at a blog post like this and there are going to be a lot of extreme cases of, of people's families, you know, being far more toxic than what we're speaking of in a, in a post like this. But I just think generally speaking, at the end of the day, I think the consensus is that people are just trying to get, you know, uh, a rise at you. They're trying to rile you up. That's what these people get off on. So rather than give them what they want, set up your own little, you know, emotional uh, wall between you and them and, and keep it moving. Enjoy your meal, your day off from work and get the hell out of there. I think that's honorable mention too, by the way. I saw it on another one saying, um, to make sure you set a, a boundary as far as time goes. Like I'm, you know, plan, you could plan out, okay, we're only gonna spend two hours here and that's that, you know, and that at least gives you an out mentally uh, and, and, and both physically, you know what I mean? So that things like that, setting your boundaries, I think in that way, uh, in a physical nature, obviously is, is incredibly important as well. Now, with that said, I want to get into uh, the Mijente segment of the show and, um, uh, this one is kind of a bit of an extension of what we we're talking about. I found a really dope article uh, from psychologytoday.com uh, about how to actually engage with people that you disagree with, which obviously has always been a huge part of the holiday season, but also uh, I think it is just becoming a huge part of our lives as things like like politics and, and vaccines and everything in between have become so polarizing in our in our culture. So I do want to touch on that a bit. Before that, though, we'll take a quick break and then we'll be right back. When you buy a new house, you might say, shut the front door. Winning. No, seriously, shut the front door. We own this house now. But you actually need to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. The local State Farm agent is there to help you choose the coverage you need. Welcome to my crib. <laughs> no one says that anymore, but I don't care. So just remember... Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Si tienes ciertas afecciones crónicas como enfermedad cardíaca, asma, diabetes, y tienes 19 años o más, 52, 36, 42, puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20, vacuna conjugada antineumocósica 20 valente, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar 20 en español.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. 
Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change and certain restrictions may apply. Okay, so this right here uh, for our Mi Gente segment is an article written by Melody Stanford Martin uh, for Psychology Today. She is a social ethicist and communications expert and the author of the book Brave Talks, Building Resilient Relationships in the Face of Conflicts. And I, I just find this fascinating because the world that we live in right now, as I've been saying, uh, it, it's basically like it leaves no room for the actual truth. It's more so two people arguing just for the sake of being right. And that's kind of the current landscape of politics and social issues in our country right now. And for me, uh, I've been guilty of just getting frustrated and writing people off as dumb and and uh, people who have their conspiracy theorist beliefs and just being like, all right, you guys are like fucking lost hope at this point. Um, but I, I feel like the the future more evolved me uh, is asking the present me for, um, man, just the ability to do a little bit better and to think about things in a bit more of, a, of an intelligent and empathetic way. And in order to do so, I think it's important for all of us to kind of figure out a way to communicate with people who we probably utterly disagree with on almost everything, at least when it comes to our moral cornerstones. And 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 the reality is that the only way for us to get to a place of healing, and I mean all of us, let's say as a country, is to be able to find a way to have these difficult conversations. And even if you are on the right side, like, you know, of, of things, not necessarily the right or the left, but if you're on the correct side of, of things as far as you know, wanting to be on the correct side of history when it comes to racial issues in this country or, you know, just not believing outlandish fucking conspiracy theories like the uh, ghost of John F. Kennedy Jr. to become president and make Donald Trump a king. If you are uh, existing in the in a in a place of reality, um, and I would hope you you are if you're listening to this podcast, I'd like to think we live in a, in a place of reality with these conversations that we're having. Um, you know, it, it, it's important to be able to hopefully you know, knock some sense into, into, into people. Right. Um, I've had people reach out to me and ask, you know, how they could communicate with like family members who don't share their beliefs or, or don't necessarily understand that they're doing maybe the work of their oppressors and, and things like that. And I've always, you know, I've, I've always taken to one of Charlemagne's, um, quotes of, uh, your skin folk ain't always a kin folk, but I also think there has to be a way to communicate with people. So this article broke down, um, 11 tips for talking to someone you disagree with. I, I don't think I'm going to get into every single one of them, but I want to kind of pull um, a, a few here just for my own personal growth and, and hopefully yours. I think that I don't I don't see how we as human beings, as a culture, as a country, um, as just people in general can get past some of the, the things that have been kind of coming to to head uh, over these last few years um, without being able to find a way to, to peacefully communicate with one another. I think that we're at a, a really weird time right now where we just need to find ways to better communicate with one another and, and not just be arguing to 
um, make the other person look dumb and prove that our side is correct, but also realize that I think at the end of the day, we're all just kind of wanting to be heard, right? Now, let's get into some of these tips real quick. Um, uh, the first tip uh, she has on here is uh, do tell people they matter. Before anything else, make sure you reinforce your relationship with the person. Saying things like, before I say anything else, I want to make sure you know that I care about you or, quote, I want to respect you and appreciate your perspective goes a long way. Instead of walking into a conversation for a fight, which immediately puts everyone in earshot on the defensive, try warming up with, quote, hi, it's me, someone who cares. Okay, so obviously she's saying to approach with a sense of empathy and and recognize that the the person you are speaking to is, in fact, a human being and, and that you actually care about them and their livelihood regardless of their opinion. And I'm skipping around here. One of the other ones uh, she says is do acknowledge fears under the surface. She says, um, in my book, I argue that all conflict has some kind of fear at its core. Humans generally want to live and not die. We want to be free and not controlled. We fear chaos and seek meaning and order. It's important to recognize which fears are driving someone's belief structure. Man, that's so, so fucking relevant to what we're talking about right now. Obviously, when it comes to vaccines and, and the country and the political and, and everything in between. Right. And, and she gives a couple uh examples here of like conversation points of how you would say things. And she says, quote, I can understand how you would feel if you believe that if blank doesn't happen, the world will fall apart or. I'm afraid of seeing my country crumble. Or do you know what I'm scared of? These are all kind of tactics or, or ways to tackle these these conversations. So even that one about, uh, quote, I'm afraid of seeing my country crum- crumble. I think if we're talking about politics, if you're somebody on the left, the main argument against you is that you hate America and you hate democracy. That's what the right will always say. So if we're talking about uh, a conversation like that, basically she's saying finding that middle ground, you're acknowledging that you are, in fact, afraid of seeing your country crumble as well. And I think regardless if you fall on the left or the right, that's the greatest fear of all of us, right? To see our, our freedom and our liberty and the country that uh, has given us all so many opportunities. While it is obviously imperfect, it still has. None of us want to see the country as a whole fall and crumble, right? And that right there gives you a middle ground for, for somebody and allows you to kind of have a level playing field that you both at the end of the day want the same thing and that's kind of where you then can begin to weed out some of the other the other conversation points one of the other things she says is uh don't assume the worst the vast majority of us want to be good we want to fight for the best possible world and do the right thing we may have different versions of how to get there but it's important to assume someone means well until we have definitive proof that they don't so then she says uh try to make a point to say things like quote i can understand where you're coming from i can see your intentions come from a good place You make a good point there. And with this, as I read it, I'm like humanizing some of these people that I I would consider to be like these crazy conspiracy theorists, right? Whether they be in our, and I have have some in my extended family that like I've kind of just written off and I don't want to deal with, uh, you know, more than I have to. But at the the end of the day, when you look at it, these people really do believe that, you know, their thought systems and what they're fighting for is in fact the best possible solution for this world for this country you know the people who you know uh were a part of the insurrection at the capitol on january 6th genuinely believed they were saving democracy uh and saving uh you know the the country from an illegitimate president and joe biden so like as wacky as it sounds and as scary as 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 their belief system is at the end of the day 
the reason why they're so passionate about it is because they genuinely believe they are are fighting for good. You know what I mean? That that's really what they believe in. And that's, you know, when you have these conversations with people who fall that way, you have to empathize with the fact that you understand that in their heart of hearts, they want what they believe to be the best. As and I say that it's incredibly difficult to, to believe that in certain ways. But, you know, when you talk to these people, like they genuinely believe that, you know, that they are fighting for what's right and what's just. And it's important to, to keep that in mind. One of the other ones she says is uh, don't launch verbal grenades. And I'm going to quickly say this, uh, you know, name calling. She says words like stupid, ignorant, crazy, blanket statements like the words always or never. Zingers, gotcha moments or clapbacks. These are momentarily gratifying, but may erode your relationship with that person. She says curses as well. I mean, but also the those like gotcha moments, the clapbacks, like, yeah, they feel good, you know, in the moment, as she said. But if you just think about that in the terms of like, if you're in like a romantic relationship, just because you got that person, you clap back at that person, you make them feel dumb for a second. That's not going to end the argument. That's only going to escalate it. So you have to think about it in those terms as well. One of the other ones she says is uh, show you understand even if you don't agree. She says, uh, everyone wants to be heard, especially in disagreements. Not being heard or having our words twisted creates a lot of resentment. So take the time to listen. And after we listen, then make a point to reflect literally and out loud. And this is something I need to um, become better at. But also, it's, it's asking questions to show and prove to somebody that you were actually listening to what they had to say. Everybody just wants to be heard, right? So she says some statements like this, um, quote, so if I understand correctly blah, 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 fill in the blank. It seems like you are saying blank. Is that accurate? Can I summarize what I'm understanding so far? And all of this, I, like, I'm, I want you to recognize that as silly as some of this stuff sounds, this is just like really good communication tactics, right? Like at the end of the day, again, we all just want to be heard. We want to know that the person we are speaking to, regardless of who they are, is, is giving us their full attention and interpreting the things that we have to say and placing value on the things that we have to say. So by asking a question about something they just said to essentially reiterate, you know, the fact that you were listening, that always makes that person feel good. Uh, my girl is actually really good at this and she's uh, using some of her psychology background on me. I'm realizing as I read this, but uh, let's see, I'm, I'm going to read a couple more here. Uh, she says, don't use uh, sarcasm and refrain from speaking in sound bites. I'm really bad at this. I always will fucking use some sort of sarcasm here. So I need to definitely uh, get better on that. One of the last couple of things she says is uh, do teach and be teachable, right? Like good teachers are patient, she says, gracious and give people the space to discover that at their own pace. They don't get mad at someone for not knowing something. And she also says, importantly, good teachers don't mistake uninformed for stupid, right? There's two different things. You could just be uninformed on a particular topic and not actually be stupid. Um, and then she also says, be teachable too. When we're speaking to a peer, it goes a long way to allow ourselves to be challenged, saying things like, quote, I never thought about it that way or, quote, that's new to me. I'm going to read up on that shows that we are a co-learner. If we want to teach, we also need to be open to being taught. And also like a, a phrase like I never thought about it that way just kind of validates that you respect that person and, um, you know, that you can respect that they, they uh, you know, have an intelligent way of thinking, even if you don't obviously agree with it. And uh, the last one she says on here, it says, uh, do thank them for disagreeing. The last one is big. Say thank you when someone takes the time to disagree. It may not seem like it, but disagreement is truly a gift. When someone disagrees with us, they didn't have to take precious time out of their life to engage. They don't owe us their attention or courtesy when they do choose to disagree with us in healthy ways. 
They are offering a courtesy. Try to recognize and honor the awkward beauty of that exchange. And she says, in conclusion, healthy disagreement is worth the effort. And man, as I read this, I'm I'm realizing I'm not the greatest communicator, at least when it comes to people who may have uh, varying uh, points to me. So I'm definitely gonna gonna work on that. And I just think it's a great skill to develop. Um, I hope that wasn't too long and or boring or heady for for anyone. But I just think in the in the world that we're living in today, to be able to have calm and collected and intelligent conversations with people um, is the only way that we're going to truly get to a collective place of of healing, especially when you're hearing all of these kind of things about the potential of violence and the violence we have seen already. Um, you know, we, we really need to learn how to communicate better with one another uh, so that terrible things don't end up happening and, and you know our our livelihoods uh will don't have to be essentially put at risk just because we disagree on on some things now with that said we're getting to our ask a gringo segment we'll hear from some of y'all when it comes to this uh this topic of toxic families and the holidays but first let's take a quick break and we'll be right back when something happens to your car you might say But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Voy a ponerme la vacuna Prevnar 20 porque estoy en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica, la cual pudiera llevarme al hospital. Así que preguntaré sobre Prevnar 20. 65 años o más, puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20, vacuna conjugada antineumocósica 20 valente, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar 20 en español.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change and certain restrictions may apply. Ask a gringo. 
All right, so our Ask a Gringo segment. If you want to be a part of the conversations at DJ Dramos on Instagram, I post it in my stories. And let's get into a few here uh, who, who've had some opinions on uh, on this. And my question for my, my followers was, uh, how do you deal with toxic family during the holidays? And I'm going to read a few of them here. Uh, at Sully underscore T underscore 85 says, I can only handle my parents in small dosage. Go in with an escape plan or a time limit. And yeah, that's incredibly important. I think I mentioned that earlier in the show. Um, you know, uh, having a, a time limit, setting that boundary for yourself in a physical way and obviously a mental way as well, um, I think is incredibly important, incredibly healthy in, in you know, instances that are uh, a bit uncomfortable for us, you know. And obviously it's tough when you're talking about your parents. It's like there's so much emotion into there, right? Like, you know, regardless of, of how shitty your parents may or may not have been, I think a lot of people still feel that guilt of like, but it's my parents, you know what I mean? And that's a really tough thing to, to kind of work around. So I love that you're still, you know, um, taking the time to, to spend time with them, but you're also doing it on your own terms and, and in a way that doesn't violate your own uh, mental well-being, which, which I think is a beautiful, beautiful thing. At Nicolosa underscore Vega said, I don't. Hubs and I prioritize our mental health because it makes us better parents. And that, that's beautiful. Um, you know, and, and that's obviously not beautiful that you can't have a relationship with certain family members. But at the end of the day, I always say this when it comes to certain things. Like I've always heard people growing up, um, you know, talking about that um, maybe their family didn't like who they were dating or didn't agree with the career choice that they were going towards and this and that. And I think for me, what I always, always kind of told them was at the end of the day you're going to be the one going to bed every night with that person and waking up to them every single morning not your parents not your friends not anybody else you're going to be the one every day you know waking up and and driving to that job or or working that job every single day not your parents not your friends not anybody else so those decisions that are affecting you and solely you essentially you need to make them for you, regardless of anybody else's opinions. And I say that as an example of prioritizing your own mental health, right? And that's what's beautiful about what uh, Nicolosa was saying, was that she had to make a decision, her and her hubs had to make a decision for their, their own mental health. And at the end of the day, I think that, you know, supersedes anything. And I've seen a few people uh, talk about uh, drinking on here, some joking, some not joking. At Bren J Life Coaching says, uh, I used to drink and ignore or avoid. Now, especially after reading Think Again, I think I'm going to choose to try and learn and have conversations plus respectfully disagree. And I think that's the ultimate like level of of growth right there. Right. And, and I'm not here to tell anybody, uh, you know, that them avoiding their family is the wrong thing for them. I think we all have different circumstances and different ways of doing things. But I think. If we're trying to become the most completely evolved version of ourselves, definitely finding a way to have, you know, those conversations that might be a little bit awkward with certain people uh, and just finding a, a way to be able to accept, hey, this is who they are. I don't agree with it. We can have a conversation. And and like you said, I'm going to find a way to respectfully disagree. I think that's obviously like the ultimate level of of human growth, obviously. Sometimes that might not even be worth it, depending on the situation that you're dealing with. But definitely, I think for me, I'd like to be able to get to that point. Um, I'm kind of there to a degree when it comes to a certain extent of family members. 
but it still kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And I still definitely um, at times get a bit annoyed at their presence. That's something I would like to be able to work through a bit. And last one, actually, I want to read is uh, at Jade underscore Durrani. I love this one. She says, I don't. Friendsgivings and creating my own family became my piece years ago. And I think that's that's beautiful um, right there. I, I think that, again, we all have different circumstances. Some are going to be more extreme than the others. But I think being able to create that sort of social interaction, that sense of community and, and family with people um, that you genuinely do love and you actually do fuck with, even if they're not necessarily blood related, I think is beautiful. And I think it, it kind of uh, is a, it is an incredible, I think, life hack to a lot of what we're talking about, you know. Um, I think it's recognizing what's truly important to you personally and spending time with those things. And obviously, in this case, we're talking about people. So I think I think that's a, a, a beautiful thing. And uh, man, I appreciate y'all for for sharing, uh, you know, your own experiences uh, with family. And I think that it definitely makes me kind of realize how blessed I am, uh, you know, to to have the family that I do while we're not perfect. Definitely being able to to see my family and, and enjoy time together and being able to, to you know, be people that I, I genuinely love and get along with, um, I think is, is a beautiful thing. And people that don't necessarily affect my mental health with the exception of a few uh, distant relatives. But um, yeah, I, I'm definitely feeling very fortunate and, and I'm sending nothing but but love and, and positive energy to, to y'all who maybe don't have the, the same experience. But um, man, I, I just respect the, the hell out of everybody who's kind of taking a stand for themselves and their own their own well-being, regardless of what decision you're making and how you're choosing to spend your holidays. I think it's a beautiful, beautiful thing, and I'm inspired by a lot of y'all. So thank you so much for, for sharing that. Now, with that said, let's quickly kind of, you know, tie everything we learned up in this episode into a neat little bow in a segment we call Conclusion Stew. Time for Conclusion Stew. So I think... um. Man, we, we kind of touched on a, on a lot of different things here uh, on the show, but I think kind of going to the, the first section of, you know, five tips for dealing with family members, those of you who, who choose to do so, a lot of it, I think, it is, is setting boundaries and, and some of it, be it physical when it comes to uh, giving yourself an out as far as how much time you're going to spend um, or mental ones, you know, as far as how much you're going to allow people in. Um, and that might mean with how much you share, but also how much you're going to allow the words that they say um, to affect you. Right. I, I kind of always look at this, this kind of stuff in the way of like uh, I have different expectations for different people in my life. You know, I have certain friends or acquaintances that I know that I can count on for certain things and, and others that I know are only going to be there for this one thing. You know what I mean? And uh, and, and I don't expect anything else from from those who. Um, I know will come up short in certain areas, right? And that's kind of how I've trained my brain to hopefully not be as disappointed in people uh, when they aren't able to follow through, you know? Like we all have that one friend that you like invite somewhere and it's like, all right, it's 50-50 if they're going to actually show up. They said they're coming, but it's 50-50. And you're kind of at a point in life where you're just like, hey, if they show up, awesome. If not, hey, it's just typical Robert. You know what I mean? And you don't think much of it. And I think that that's like a healthy way to kind of look at these situations where it's like, listen, you know, my uncle is uh, a little bit crazy and has a fucked up sense of, of politics and how things work in this country. So I'm not going to expect him to, uh, you know, have much else to say than a lot of things that I completely disagree with. And 
that way you're not setting yourself up for for you know disappointment when this person starts saying things that you don't agree with and and hopefully you're saving yourself some of that potential frustration and then touching on kind of the uh, communication tactics i was talking about um i i just think that being able to find i guess a sense of empathy and then humanizing people that we inherently disagree with on on so many levels um i think is an important healing tactic i mean we're living in incredibly divisive times right now where, you know, basically you have to exist on one side or the other. And it's not about facts. It's not about history. It's just about trying to be right and make the other person wrong, essentially. And I don't see how if we continue down this path, it's going to end up with anything good. It's just going to be more and more fighting and, and escalating acts of, of violence. And obviously, it's an extreme example. I'm talking about the current unrest in our country. But I also just think in general, it's just also a good representation of how we communicate or don't communicate with people in our lives, be it family, you know, people on the street, friends, whatever it is. I think the idea of being able to empathize and understand that you're talking to a human being who uh, genuinely has strong feelings about, you know, whatever point it is that they're standing behind. And rather than trying to go into a conversation uh, eager to prove them wrong and, and, and debate them and, um, and make them feel dumb, going to it instead uh, in a, in a way of of genuine curiosity and wanting to know, you know, why it is they feel so passionately about this, and and genuinely listening and wanting to to hear them out, I think goes a long way because we as human beings, I think at the end of the day, we just want to feel heard. You know, we want to feel seen, and like we're being you know appreciated. And I think all that goes a long way towards getting to a, a place of healing. And lastly, just shout out to all y'all who have you know really complicated uh, relationships with your family. And I know for a lot of people, myself included, for different things, um, the holidays can maybe stir up certain feelings and not all good, obviously. But shout out to y'all who, who are really, you know, finding ways to protect your own mental health and put yourself in, in positive situations, you know, be it just avoiding certain people altogether or finding healthy ways to communicate with them or just finding healthy ways to kind of supplement um, what you might be missing from your family, but instead, you know, celebrating with people that you genuinely do care about, you know, regardless of if they're blood related or not. I just salute all of y'all for finding things that that work for you um, and prioritizing your your own yourself and your your you know immediate family and, and uh, your guys's health. Uh, at the end of the day, I think is is incredible. So salute to y'all for uh, being incredible, man. I love my I love all my my listeners and everybody that that participates in. In this podcast, you guys are, are definitely inspiring me uh, with each and every show and, and hearing your, your guys' points. So I thank y'all for, for being a part of these conversations. Now, with that said, uh, thank y'all for tuning in to another episode of the show. All the love, feedback, once again, I know I sound like a broken record, has been absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for the uh, reviews. I've been seeing them pop up on Apple Podcasts. So I appreciate y'all for, for doing that. If you haven't yet, greatly would appreciate leaving a five-star review. And a comment, it really does help uh, with, with everything. And also, if you haven't yet, check out my YouTube channel. I'm putting out a lot of different content on there to hopefully inspire some of y'all. Uh, YouTube.com slash official. I actually just put up a video um, with the five lessons that I learned from Nipsey Hussle uh, that have changed my life. So I, that's one of my favorite videos I put out there. A lot of, uh, a lot of really good kind of gems in there for, for anybody out there. So definitely check that out. Again, YouTube.com slash official. And man, 
that's it. I'll uh, I'll be back on Thursday with our Thursday Trends episode. I appreciate y'all once again. And until then, stay safe. Peace. Life as a Gringo is a production of the Michael Tura Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. Si tienes ciertas afecciones crónicas como enfermedad cardíaca, asma, diabetes, y tienes 19 años o más, 52, 36, 42, puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20, vacuna conjugada antinomocósica 20 valente, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar20. When you buy a new house, you might say, Shut the front door. Winning. No, seriously, shut the front door. We own this house now. But you actually need to say, Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. The local State Farm agent is there to help you choose the coverage you need. Welcome to my crib. <laughs> no one says that anymore, but I don't care. So just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome.